Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. I, I haven't um, been in church as, as you for since two weeks ago on Tuesday. Matter of fact, I have been quarantined in my home. I used to love where I lived. I, uh, I still do. I'm teasing. But I haven't felt well. And as most of you probably know, is that my family did test positive for COVID-19. And uh, for whatever reason, it seemed to want to stick around with me longer. And uh, I can't tell you how much uh, it has meant for those that took time to send a text or a thought, said you were praying for us. It, it's meant a lot. Uh, you know that since all of this started back in March, that we have done our very, very best to be very safe in, in all of our guidelines uh, from how we enter, how we exit, protecting our seniors, and um, uh, splitting up our services even into to three different services to be safe. And at this point, we've had zero cases because of a church service. And I think you got to clap your hands and thank God for that. Not one case due to a church service. We've had zero spread from attending church services and uh, we do have you might have seen in the paper that they talked about Anchor Christian Academy had an outbreak that's eight people and probably six of those are my family and uh, and so don't don't be concerned with some negative publicity but they've been very safe at ACA we have been very consistent with everything that we've done and there are a lot of people that are absent tonight of course our youth are, are down in the youth center and our children are out and they're doing that very safely tonight with masks and social distancing and as we have had our standard since the beginning but uh, um, I do I do want to say that there are several that uh, that are quarantined because they've been exposed to somebody whether at work or maybe somebody connected to a family and somebody may be connected to here and so we want to be safe and again we reiterate that if you have a symptom, you need to stay home and enjoy it online and lift your hands and drink your coffee and in your pajamas, whatever you do. I don't know what you do, but, but to worship from home. Can you say amen to that? And so I am better, glad to be here. Felt like two days ago the Lord gave me a word for this night. And at the end of this message, we're going to take time to pray. We're going to go in and we're going to pray as a body for some needs because there's some needs that need to be prayed for. Do you believe there's still power in the name of Jesus and power in prayer? Would you jump to your feet, clap your hands before we get into the Word and just give Him another praise for who He is? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you would turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Jeremiah, chapter 29. Um, I want to say it's so good to have our guest with Brother Giovanni tonight. So glad that, that she is here and they are here and the children. Would you welcome them? We're so glad that I didn't get her name and I'm sorry, but we're so glad. It's good to have the Nagy family with us all the way from Pennsylvania. Would you welcome them over on this side? We're so glad you're here. Good to see you both. Amen. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, man, I... 
I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. And it says in verse 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. Anybody felt like you've been captive lately? Can't attend church like you used to. Come in, you're wearing masks and, and social distancing. And some of you don't get to see the people you want to see because they've attended another service, whether it be Saturday or 8.30 or the 10.30. And captive, which means limitations. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Jerusalem be a place of gathering, a place of pilgrimage. It's where God's people all gathered together. They didn't only worship. They had feasts and celebratory moments. And we know what that's like. Even somebody told me on the phone today, they said, I'd love to be able to shake hands and hug my brother and sister in the church again. We will, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, just not right now. Amen. We don't need any handshaking or hugging going on. Can the church say amen? How many going to follow that practice? I don't care how close, how bad you want to see them. We're going to wave at them and say hello and all that. But we're not going to. We're, we're captives. We've been carried from Jerusalem to Babylon. What is Babylon? We understand what Jerusalem is. What is Babylon? Babylon means a place of confusion. Or a place of uncertainty. If there's one word that has been mentioned through the whole pandemic, it's been the word uncertain times. Uncertain or uncertain times. He said, when you get there in this place that I have caused you to go to. And I just want you to know the church does not have dominion over COVID-19. You've heard me say that already. It's not hitting just secular people. It's hitting the church too. We've seen a lot of preachers. A lot of amazing righteous people that we've seen over the last few months get it. Some even passed away. He said, but when you get into this place, number five, verse five, he said, build your houses there and dwell in them. Somebody say amen. amen. He said, plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Plant and eat. You keep living in Babylon. Don't stop living because you've been placed in an uncertain place. You've got to keep building and you've got to keep living. You've got to keep planning. You've got to, you've got to still hold on. There's a future in Babylon. It's, Babylon's not forever. So let's not sulk in Babylon. Let's not get depressed in Babylon. Let's re remember, we're going to get back to Jerusalem. But while I'm in Babylon, there's going to be some increase in my life. I'm not going to die in Babylon. Somebody shout, I will not die in Babylon. Verse 6, he said, take you wives. And I said last week, all the single people are glad to read this verse with me. Take you wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters. That's for all the grandparents in the building. He said, they tell me they're nothing like grandkids. You ever heard that? He said, when you get in Babylon, you might as well enjoy some grandchildren. Isn't that right? Brother, sister, up the grave. Glory to God. What are, you, what are you smiling about, Sister Winnegar? What are you grinning about back there? In Babylon, you're going to find blessing. He said, watch what he says. That ye may be increased there. Where? Place of uncertainty and not diminished. Everybody say, I'm going to increase in the place of uncertainty. 
Clap your hands and praise him. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. So you can see the slide behind me. This is the title for which I will speak to you and teach you this evening. Fulfilling your passion in Babylon. I've already preached last week that when we get to this uncertain place, we're not going to diminish. We are going to increase. We will keep on living. It's amazing how God has sustained the church in Babylon. This church has increased on every single level. This church has increased. Am I telling the truth, elder? It has increased on every single level. You know why? Because the church wasn't built, built to break. The church wasn't built to fail. The church was built upon a rock and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. It's not just a Jerusalem church. It's a church that can flourish in Babylon. Somebody say amen. This church has rallied in every way. It didn't matter where we were virtual or in person. It didn't matter we called some odd service. You were there. Change in the times of the services. You have been there. Didn't matter whether you gave checks all your life. You came down whether you gave a check or got cash or, or you paid your tithes online and some of you that, that have written checks and given cash, moved online giving, virtual giving or whatever you want to call it because you are the church. You said, I am not going to stop being who I am. I will not stop praying. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to be stop being who God called me to be just because I'm standing in Babylon. I am the church. Somebody shout, I am the church. Amen. Don't stop being the church. We had church in our homes. Our children have prayed through in the homes. Our families have prayed through in the homes. We've prayed backsliders through online. We've reached people we would have never reached. Our church right now is preaching to more people than we have ever preached in the history of the church combined. What is going on virtually in this church and through this church has far reached anything we would have ever done in, per in person. But you know why we're doing it? Because you said, we're going to build houses in Babylon. We're going to plant some gardens there. Yes, we are. We're going to do some things. We're going to reach some children. Come on. We're going to see increase in a land of uncertainty. You know what you do when you feel uncertain? You know who is certain and his name is Jesus. He never changes. He's always remaining the same. He's what I go to. He is my go-to. So I say to somebody right now that's watching online and you've been discouraged, just keep on praying. Keep on giving. Keep on reading the Bible. Keep on believing so you will increase in the land of uncertainty. Somebody shout amen. If you haven't realized it or not, we're not living in Jerusalem right now. We are living in a land of uncertainty. Try to be in my position as the pastor of this church and overseer of our daughter campuses, even working with our campuses in other countries and trying to make decisions based upon biblical principle. Try to make decisions on when even a daughter works and we 
The pastors and I communicate very well with each other when they're dealing with uncertain things. But you know what we've learned? Is God remains the same. I, I want to insert this and I'm going I'm I'm to get out of it. But I believe in here that the reason he took them out of Jerusalem is because they didn't appreciate it. They didn't appreciate the gad, the freedom, the liberty. As a matter of fact, the prophet Jeremiah, read Jeremiah with me. Read it. I'm dragging my feet through Jeremiah. I've been in Jeremiah for a long time because I feel that's where we are. But Jeremiah said, you didn't, haven't done anything the Lord told you to do. And I'm not talking to the anchor. I'm just saying church as a whole, that God has, has to wake up the, the American church. I'm not criticizing. I told you I wouldn't stay here long. I'm not saying you don't appreciate it, but some things we really don't appreciate because it's all we've ever known. I mean, people that are born in the church don't value the church like somebody that never had the church came in and felt the peace of God, the glory of God, the delivering power of God. And I remember I told my children the other day, I said, I said, your Bible quizzers and this, we're talking about reading the Bible through and all this. I was 15 years old, raised in this. I was born crippled, healed in the church. I'd seen so many miracles in the church. I had, had lost, lost count. I'm talking about the power of God, the glory of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, and people that I won to God from my high school came in and they read the New Testament through before I did and I've been in the church all my life and they'd have been in the church for two months. They couldn't get enough of prayer. They couldn't get enough of church. They couldn't get enough of being around God's people. And I don't want to ever get in that place because it's all I've ever known is the glory of God, the presence of God. And the, I don't want to get used to Jerusalem. I don't want to have to go to Babylon to remember how good it used to be. Come on, is there anybody with me? I want God to know right now I'm ready for Jerusalem. Lord, I will value every church gathering. I will value every time. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and praise him. I feel that sometimes we do not know what liberty is until liberty is gone. I said, we really don't know what liberty is until liberty's been removed. We have to be careful in the hour that we're living in because bondage is trying to come over all of us. But I'm gonna tell you what the Lord's gonna do and is doing. He's bringing to the church a place of prayer and repentance. He is shaking this country from coast to coast, from north to south. People are praying in every denomination. They're trying to get a hold of God. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to hear our prayer. He's going to heal our land. He's going to do marvelous things. But you can't stop living in just because you've been placed in Babylon. Oh, everybody jump your feet and clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Pray 
praise God. I don't want to ever come to church and fold my arms and say, just be glad I showed up. No, I want to come in and say, it's good to feel the presence of God. Come on, how many of you have been delivered from drugs or alcohol or some emotional things? Come on, how many of you have ever been set free from things that had you bound and you found the joy and the freedom and the delivering power of God? Come on, if he's ever done anything for you, clap your hands and shout to him. Give him a praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We used to grow up singing a song in church. I don't remember all of it. How many remember the, remember the song, Every Day I'm Camping? In the land of Canaan. Oh, talking about living in the promised land. Jerusalem. Look at your neighbor and say, we are living in a blessed land. Jerusalem has been amazing. I do see it tonight. I see a building filled with hungry people. I do. Every empty seat filled with people that their heart's going to be turned while we are in Babylon. Because sometimes you can't reach Babylonians unless you go to Babylon. You can't reach Babylonians while sitting in Jerusalem. And sometimes God's got to get us out of Jerusalem so we can reach people that aren't like us. God, have mercy. And I feel this tonight. If you will build houses in Babylon, plant gardens there, and prosper there, guess what's going to happen? People in Babylon are going to see that you have something they've never had. And they see that you're the one that's been in captivity, but somehow you're flourishing in the land. That's why Egypt was so stirred, and they handed all the stuff over to the Israelites because no matter how much they were afflicted, they multiplied. Come on, it's not the will of God to be diminished because you don't understand where you are. What do you do when you're living in a land of uncertainty? Keep living. Get up in the morning and praise Him. Somebody shout glory. Elbow your neighbor and say, just praise Him. Just praise him. Amen. Glory. And so we find that they did. They went to Babylon. While they were there, the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel, tells us that when they got to Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar's rule in this place of uncertainty, that you'll find four men that are there. That it names, not only four, but it names four says, now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. These four men, their names were changed. One of them was changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they got to Babylon, the king recognized that they were of a different spirit because they had an excellent spirit. He changed their names to match Babylonian culture. They were going to be called what they were called in Jerusalem. They're going to be called what Nebuchadnezzar decides to call them. Call them. But while they were here, you have to realize, God have mercy. You have to realize that prophecies and passions never die just because you're shipped away to Babylon. You see, God didn't just call you in a camp meeting in a revival or just the anchor to only have passion on Sunday when everything's going your way. Passion should still be burning when you're in the land of uncertainty. 
calling doesn't fail because you're not where you think you should be. The calling should remain the same no matter where you've been placed because the calling is not a where. The calling is a who. And I'm not talking about just where you are. I've come to preach about who you are. You are the apple of his eye. You are the saints of the most high. Come on, you are the cold of God. Blood washed, Holy Ghost filled. Somebody shout, I'm called. And I'm passionate. So you have passions. You may be seated. You have passions about reaching people, helping people, being used of God. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of things that God puts in your life to make a difference. And I'm preaching tonight about fulfilling your passion in Babylon. How do you do that? How do you do this when now they've picked you out and said that you have to eat meat served to idols? You need to eat the king's meat and here's the wine and here's all the stuff. That you have to eat while in Babylon. God and Daniel and his three brothers of fellowship, the four men of the church, that whatever reason God names them, not everybody else, but I think it's interesting, honey, that when they're in Babylon, they're told to compromise. Every Babylon will have compromising moments. You will be asked to compromise what you believe when you're placed in Babylon. If you're not careful, you will justify your compromise because where you are is now unfamiliar. So now I can be like the Babylonians because I'm in Babylon. You know, when in Rome... I'm not preaching to anybody. Do as the Romans. When in Vegas, that was only to the online people because nobody in the church. What goes on in Vegas is going to keep you from Jerusalem. You're not going to get back to Jerusalem if you're hanging out. They'd have never escaped Babylon if they'd have become Babylonian. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And God has so much respect for his people. He believes you have the power to be in Babylon without compromising your Hebrew, your Christian identity. Come on, let's not consume what the world's consuming because we're living in Babylon. Let the church say amen. And watch what happens. They're in Babylon. While they're in Babylon, we want you to eat the king's meeting. And, and he, he, Daniel pulls the, the prince of the eunuchs aside that has been placed over them for their care. And he says to them, we, we, don't, we don't drink the wine and neither do we eat the meat. He said, but you have to. He said, in three years, you have to appear before the king. And when you do, if you look rough, you know, it's, and they find out that, he found out, you haven't been doing what I was told to make you do. I want to be the one to die. He said, just give us 10 days. 
In 10 days, y'all know the story, they ate the lentils. We call it Daniel's fast, which we all dread. Just the lentils. At the end of the 10 days, they were stronger, they were smarter, they were fairer than all of them. And so he let it slide because he knew his job was going to be looked on well done because of how fair and how good a shape they were. If you will practice obedience to God in Babylon, the Lord's going to let you rise above the captivity. I said liberty is going to come to the people of God while in Babylon, not just when they get back to Jerusalem. But you've got to obey God while you're in Babylon. We cannot, we cannot compromise our holiness. Come on, we can't compromise our doctrine and what we believe because we're in uncertain times. Uh-uh. We were made to flourish in Babylon. I'm telling you, you put up opposition against the church, it multiplies, it grows. It inc- Come on, how many of you are, are growing, increasing in Babylon? I'm preaching to you tonight. We're going to grow in the midst of Babylon. So there came a period of time and 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 that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he has this dream and, and he had a dream. He was so shook by it, he, couldn't, he, he was troubled by it and he put all of his, his, his wise men and the Chaldeans, which was considered a, a, a group of people from the, that, that place, a certain particular from Chaldea, from there that they were considered the wisest people on the planet. Brought the Chaldeans in. He brought all of these soothsayers and wise men. He said, now, here's what I need you to do. He said, I had a real dream. He said, I just can't remember it. I can't remember the dream. How many's ever had a dream and you thought you'd never forget it, then you couldn't remember it? How many of you, just, just saying, how many's ever had a dream you want to go back to sleep and finish it? Have you ever had a dream that you hoped that you'd never remember? I think we're all, uh, look at your neighbor and say, you are a dreamer. So he has this dream. He's troubled by it. He knows it has a meaning, but he can't remember it. So he goes to all of his wisest people in his circle, and he says to them, he says, um, uh, I had a dream that I don't only need the interpretation of it. I need you to tell me what dream I had. And if you don't, I'm going to kill all of you. I mean, (laughs) that's the guy we want to be the king. I can't remember my dream. Tell me what my dream was. If you don't, I'm going to kill you, you know. (laughs) That's Nebuchadnezzar for you. And none of them can tell him the dream. I'm going to talk to you about how to have passion, fulfill your passion in Babylon. Is that when this happened, because... In his circle of wise men were also going to be the Hebrew wise men. That included Daniel. And Daniel went to his brothers. And uh, he said to them, you're going to have to pray with me. Because I need God to use me in the gift that he's always used me. Look at your neighbor and say, your gift works in Jerusalem. And Babylon. Is it possible 
that in Babylon the church is going to flourish because the Lord's going to shut off some things that they cannot do and it's going to cause the church to be the ones that can do what they need done. I'm telling what's going to happen is that the secular world is going to be looking to the church for the answer. But you can't diminish here. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But you can't diminish here. I wish I could raise somebody up out of the doldrums tonight that's been discouraged because of everything that's been uncertain in your life and let you know that God hadn't changed and you are who God called you to be. I said you are who God called you to be. It's uncertain. We're going to have a powerful prayer meeting in just a minute. We're going to pray for some things. I'm going to make this very practical to your individual life in just a moment. But uh, he, he gets them together and he, he says to them and... and um, he said that they would desire mercies. He, 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 verse 17 of Daniel 2, he said, Then Daniel went to his house and made, made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions. If you're going to have passions in Babylon, you've got to have friends from Jerusalem. There is a need for in-person church services. Don't let Babylon isolate you to a home by yourself. Don't, don't let it disconnect you from your brothers and sisters that you need in your life. Because you're going to be tried. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to get tried in Babylon. How many know we need each other? Now watch what happens. He goes to them and tells them, and they would desire that they would desire the mercies of God, of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. And then you can read on, but it says that Daniel went and just started praising God because God revealed to him what the man's dream was. And he went in and he told him how there was a man in the dream and, and he told what the man looked like and the head of the man and talked about the clay feet and the iron and, and the gold and the man that was mixed. How many's ever read that? He told him exactly what was in the dream and he told him who he was. And when it did, it brought favor to Daniel and then Daniel said, not just me. He said, I've got these three guys with me that are Hebrews as well. He said, if you elevate me, I want you to elevate them as well. He made them the top of his kingdom. You know why? Because Daniel refused to bury his gifts back there at his house in Jerusalem. He said, if I go to Babylon, I'm going to be in Babylon who I was in Jerusalem. So here goes. When you get to Babylon, you need to worship the exact same way you did when you were in Jerusalem. When you come to the house of God on a Sunday morning, a Wednesday, on a Sunday night, you don't, you don't praise less because it's Babylon. No, you just clap your hands and praise him anyhow because he's still God and you're still his people. Come on, jump your feet and clap your hands and shout, I am the church of God. Amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God's going to give you favor here. This is going to be the breakthrough that's going to bring your family to church. It is. 
It's going to be, we're going to see the greatest revival of people we've ever seen in the history of this church. And it's going to happen while we're in Babylon. But it will only happen if you refuse to be diminished and sit and fold your arms until COVID-19 is over. No, we're going to have church. We're going to be safe. We're going to do it with some level of limitations or captivity. But no, we will not diminish. We will grow in the midst of uncertainty. Somebody shout glory. glory. Amen. Be seated a few more moments. I, I, I would love to have time to go from this moment to chapter 3. And we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were asked to bend their knee to a golden idol. But did they compromise there? Look at your neighbor and say the enemy is going to try to get you to compromise in Babylon. But they said we will not bend our knee. We will not change who we are. We're only going to kneel to one and his name, amen, is the Lord. And how many know the Lord changed the whole nation because three Hebrew children refused to compromise in Babylon? Praise God. So to fulfill your passion in Babylon, you must have faith to understand I am still God's. He is still God. Somebody shout, I am still the Lord's. And I need to do in Babylon what I was doing in Jerusalem. I can't change anything. There's just limitations now. There's, there's limitations now. I'm not going to let this keep me from worshiping God. There's limitations now. Where's that hand sanitizer? We pray for people, but we do it safe. You have to wave at them across the aisle. Oh, good to see you. So glad you're here. Wish I could hug your neck, but when we get back to Jerusalem, we're going to hug you. Amen. But until now, until then, I'm not going to let this keep me from praising him with my whole heart. Are y'all hearing me? And if you will be who you are in an uncertain place, God's going to let you fulfill your passion, which is your purpose and your calling in the midst of uncertainty. And God can change the heart of a nation. Listen, in Jerusalem, in, excuse me, Babylon, three Hebrew children changed the whole heart of the king and a whole nation. And they made a decree. Is it possible that this deal that's hit the world can bring the revelation of the name of Jesus? How many believe there's one God? How many, how many know what his name is tonight? Somebody shout Jesus. Okay, I've talked about COVID. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you for a minute. What do you do when life becomes uncertain? What do you do when you're a Bishop Ferris? That you get a doctor's report and they tell you that your heart is failing and your kidneys are weakening. And if you do not put in the heart pump, then you're going to find yourself going past the drawing line. The only option after that, if you go so far, is will be just going to weaken until you die. I'll talk with him and Sister Ferris and... 
I know they prayed together and he prays always and we prayed together and it was a Babylonian moment for Bishop Ferris and he had to make a decision. A decision to put a heart pump in and life-changing moment for him at 70, 72 years old. He is in a rehabilitation home now, recovering and doing therapy with him and he's weak and the other day had a nosebleed that nearly bled out. It was uncertainty. She said on the phone to me this morning, she said, but I, I would look over at him when, he's, when she was there with him because for a few weeks she was not able to be there with him due to the COVID-19 restrictions and hospital visitations. And She said, I'd look over. She said, but it never fails. His hands are lifted. And he's calling upon the name of the Lord. And she said, he always says, Lord, you are always so good to me. I come to tell you tonight, in uncertain times, you just keep your hands raised. You just keep your heart open because the Lord never changes. Come on, I'm telling you about a God that can deliver you tonight. A God that can heal you tonight. But in the uncertain moment, you got to lift your hands and praise Him anyhow. We're going to pray for Him tonight because in the midst of Babylon, Daniel needed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going to prayer with him because of what was lying ahead. How am I going to pray for Bishop Ferris tonight? We're going to pray for that good man. Amen. Pastor this church for 20 years. I want you to lift your hands and call upon the name of the Lord for him right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to move in that room where he is. I'm asking you to move in that room right where he is. I pray that you would speak to his spirit. I pray the heart pump that he has. I pray, God, that his body would accept that. And, Lord, he would be recovered and restored 100%. I pray a moving over Sister Ferris. Let your spirit show up in that hospital room. Come on, that's it. Pray with Pastor right now. For you're a God of peace. Lord, you're a God of love. To give us an expected end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say the Lord knows where you're at. He loves you. And he's got a plan for you. For he said, I know my thoughts toward you, saith the Lord. They are good and they are not evil. Why? To give me an expected end. Do you believe God's going to give some greatness out of your uncertainty? If you believe that, shout hallelujah. This morning, my world was stirred, to say the least, that at 4.30 this morning, a.m., my phone rang. On the other end of the line was my father. I said, Aaron, you need to pray. Something's wrong with your mom. Something's not right. You need to go to prayer, Aaron. I don't know what's wrong. The ambulance is on the way to come and pick her up right now. I said, oh, dad, 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 what, 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 what's wrong with mom? What's going on? He said she got up and passed out. And when she did, she hit the back of her head and she got up again and passed out and got up again and passed out and said, right now, she cannot move at all. He said, I don't know what's wrong, but you've got to pray. Cindy and I, in a quick moment, went to prayer. 
in Babylon. It was an uncertain moment, wasn't it, honey? She wasn't responding. Responding right. She didn't look right. She couldn't get the words right. And we were praying. Throughout the day, I prayed and sought God and talked to my dad. And, and uh, she's in the hospital in Charleston General right now. And uh, can't have any visitors because of restrictions. My dad can't even go there. She's by herself. You know, imagine, imagine it. You know, I've only heard about how that feels, but now I know how, how that feels. And, and uh, in the hospital, they're running all these tests. And the doctor come out and he said, we, we think it might have been a stroke, but we're not, we're not certain. And mom and I prayed and, and uh, earlier today and a little bit ago, just before I came in here, I was on the phone with her praying. And she said, Aaron, let me tell you something. She said, when I was laying in that bed, she said, I knew I was dying. She said, but the only word, she said, I'm convinced it was a stroke. She said, because nothing was right. She said, but the only word I could get out to your father was pray. I'm going to tell you what saints of God have in Babylon. We got a direct line to heaven. Come on, the God of heaven, the God of power, the God of creation, the God that has formed everything that you can see in this world and beyond. When I call upon the name of the Lord, he said, whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I want everybody to jump to your feet that's not on your feet. I want you to lift your hands to the God of the heavens and say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're a God of certainty in the land of Babylon. You never change. You never change. Hallelujah. You always Remain the same. You always remain the same. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, clap your hands and praise him all over this building. Come on, did he not record that his arm is not short, that he cannot reach? How many know his eye is not dim, that he doesn't see where you are? His ear is not dull, that he can't hear you? I come to tell you, God can reach further than you can reach up. He can see in the dark hour and bring light to where you are. You've just got to call on him. you just got to say in the name of Jesus, and he will bring delivering power to your Babylon. Somebody shout glory. Brother Scaredo, do you remember when God got a hold of your heart? And the Lord was speaking to that preacher that night. And you said, I can't wait any longer. You jumped two or three pews to get to the altar. Did he meet you there, Brother Iscardo? He changed your life, didn't he? Is there anybody else in the room that you remembered when some preacher was preaching to you about the name of Jesus and the power of God and you got out of your seat and made your way to an altar? Did he meet you there? Did he make a way where there was no way? Hallelujah. Somebody shout, he'll make a way. He's not only the God of Jerusalem. I come to tell you tonight, he's the God in Babylon. Somebody shout, he's the God in Babylon. When you're thrown in the fiery furnace and it looks like everything around you is going to consume you, don't you ever forget he didn't send you to Babylon by yourself. Lo, I see four and the fourth man looks like the Son of God. I come to preach to somebody in this service. He's the God of your uncertainty. He's the God. 
right where you are. How many in this room feel like you have a situation in your life that seems uncertain? Would you raise your hand? It just seems confusion. It's confusing. It's a place of uncertainty. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. Look around. Look around. This church, look around. Because you might not be in an uncertain place tonight, but somebody is. You never know what somebody's going through. But tonight, there's delivering power. I don't care how extreme the sin is. He's going to deliver you tonight if you just call upon him. Because he is the light in your darkness. He's the hope in your hopelessness. How many believe that? He's the changing of your direction. But he needs you to do what he's called you to do. And that is call on him. Lift every hand in the building and begin to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Come on. The Lord knows where you're at. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this safe. That's what I feel tonight. Danielle. Daniel, not Daniel, Daniel in Babylon, when things become uncertain, he turned to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, I need you to pray with me. Because what I need isn't by myself. If you're here, if you had your hand raised, raise your hand if you said, I have something in my life that's uncertain. A lot of hands. Look around you. You have somebody near you that can pray with you. In your circle, if you've been with them, around them, I want you to come. We're going to social distance. But if you have, you, I'm telling you, I feel a miracle tonight. I really do. I felt like two nights ago, in the middle of the night, God gave me this message. I want you to look up somebody beside you and say, I need prayer. Can I pray with you? Would you do that? All over the building, do that. All over the building. It's who we are. We're people of prayer. It's what we do. Amen. We're not going to get out of that, but out, out of the out of the restrictions, we're we're going to manage that. But I want you to come right now. If you have something uncertain in your life, I want you to bring somebody next to you. So I need you to pray with me, because tonight the Lord's going to hear that prayer. I know I want this church praying for my mother. How many of you are going to pray for Deborah Bounds, my mom, one of the most righteous women? Hey Amen. We're going to believe God for a miracle. Hallelujah. That's it. We're going to social distance. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for each other. The Lord is going to make a way. He's not restricted. He's not captive in Babylon. That old song says, He'll make a way. We're not going to sing it, but He's going to make a way. When your back's against the wall, looks like everything is over. Brother Alex, come stand behind your pastor and pray with me. Come on. I need you praying with me.
Stephanie, come stand by. Come up here with the pastor. Go ahead. If hey, Brother Alex, come down this center aisle, if you don't mind. Do y'all believe? Do you, do you believe God's going to answer this prayer? Do you believe it's good to see you? God's going to do a miracle for you tonight. The Lord loves you very much. You feel that, don't you? He's going to change your life. Now, I want you to listen to me because God's going to put everybody in your life that's going to give you strength. He's going to give you wisdom in this too. Come on up here uh, with me, Brother Alex, Sister Stephanie. Do you believe what I'm telling you is true? I saw your hand up. Do you believe God's going to give you a miracle in Babylon? I'm believing with you. You got a praying lady beside you. It's good to see you both. I'm believing with you that God's going to work a miracle. How many are going to believe in this building with Pastor? He was raised in foster care. Am I okay to share your story? Yes, sir. How many years? His mother was falsely accused of murder. Spent 20-some years in prison. He was raised from foster care to foster care to foster care to foster care. She was the daughter of a backslider. Married an atheist who had addiction depression all the emotions you can probably gather in one container that weren't positive uncertainty is all he ever knew with some Shadrachs and Meshach and the Benigos invited Danielle <laughs> invited Stephanie that came to the house of God and God restored something in you wasn't long she reached for her husband I remember when you met me back there didn't you have a ring or something like up in here two of them one there and one here his teeth chattered when he talked to you he was addicted didn't believe in God because uncertainty has a way of causing you to question faith Babylon is always going to attack your faith. But one service, when the power and the presence of God was moving, the Lord moved over his spirit. And he felt God. And he met me at the back door. And he said, I believe. I know that he's real. It wasn't long until everything he was addicted to was delivered from. You know why? Because God's going to bring you out of Babylon. Can he do it, Brother Alex? Sister Stephanie, is he able? Hallelujah. Somebody shout, the Lord is able. That's going to be an easy prayer. Hallelujah. Now God, God's given him a passion and a ministry and a purpose and a destiny. Him and his whole family. I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray with me. We're going to pray for Bishop Ferris. Some of you are going to feel the burden of that. We're going to pray for my mother tonight. That God's going to raise her up with no repercussions of whatever happened to her. We're going to believe for that. And we're going to believe for each one of you in your Babylonian moment, your uncertain moment, that God's going to bring healing and deliverance over you. Those watching online, I want you to join Pastor right now and pray. I want you to thunder pray. Come on, I want you to lift your hands and start asking Him. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that God, you would bring deliverance to me in Babylon. Lord, it's uncertain, but God, I'm praying right now that you would bring forgiveness. You would bring healing. You would bring the power of your spirit. I pray for my mom right now.
to move in that Charleston General Hospital room where she is and bring healing over her body. Let your sweet spirit fill that room where she is. God, I pray the anointing to come all over her. Lord, that she would rise up with strength, rise up with purpose. In the name of Jesus, I pray against any damaging, damaging effects of a stroke. I pray for divine healing. I pray for Bishop Ferris. God, he's remained faithful. I pray that you would move in that rehabilitation place where he is and let there be healing to come over his heart, strength to come over his mind. Oh God, in Jesus' name, I pray for each one of these saints, each one of these people, each one of these parents dealing with whatever God in their life, that you would bring clarity, you would bring hope, you would bring faith. Come on, I feel a miracle. I feel deliverance. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, there is power. There is power in your name. There's power in your name. Lord, I pray, God. Lord, I pray for the Saxton family right now. After Johnny's death, oh God, that you would move on this family. Let your spirit be felt in the funeral that I'll preach there on Saturday. I pray that, God, you would move. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, there's power in this room. There's delivering power in this room. I want everybody in the building. God, let there be healing to come over Brad right now. Over his kidneys. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.